alaikum. Welcome to the Just Muslim Podcast. I'm your host, Anjabin Ashraf. And I'm Zakir Khan. On this week's episode, we're going to be talking about the election. The election. Oh, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Ooh, yeah, that was, that was fun. You know, the local elections, that's what I was paying most attention to. Uh, just kidding. All right. Yeah, so Zachary and I watched the results together, as we do many things, um, on Tuesday night. Okay, but you got to understand, we really went all out for this whole situation, okay? <laughs> we don't have cable, so we were like, I'm like, Anjum, I, well, two things. One, I really want to watch Walking Dead this past Sunday, which we did. It was that very was laggy. Very laggy. Yeah. And the second thing, I was like, oh, well, we can suddenly watch CNN during Live the election. Live coverage, yeah. Yeah. So we got Sling TV, if anybody has that out there. They also offer, like, Arab channels, Spanish channels, I all should, kinds of stuff. should have been watching that. So anyways, so we had live coverage. We were watching CNN the whole night. But just to set the mood for you, that whole day, it just was like a holiday for me. I don't know why. And it's not even like I knew my candidate was going to win because I voted third party, right? Mm-hmm. But it was still this kind of election holiday atmosphere. I was shopping online. I had this epic group text going with my peeps all around the country. Everyone was really excited because I think we all thought one decision was inevitable. Yeah. And then Zachar comes home with like celebratory sweets. I don't know if there were celebratory sweets. I think it was like, I think even if you're voting third party, I was like, okay, all right, Anjum, we won't tell other people this, but I guess we're telling people on the podcast this. For one day in time, we'll like cheer for Hillary. <laughs> Just for, like, today, and then I'll just deny it. <laughs> well, I won't deny it. I'm telling everyone on the podcast here. Um, you, you don't want someone like Trump to get elected, but you also realize Hillary is... is, is Very always, flawed. Yes, very flawed. Uh, so I was like, you know what? Like, you know, we'll, we'll, it's, like a, it's like a sporting event. It's not even like a political event. It's a sport. I'm just cheering for this one person to win, okay? And... You know, this is this great event, and I, I think I brought home sweets, and I was like, we're going to eat this. We're either going to eat this because we're happy, or we're going to eat this because we get so depressed, and we eat this whole chocolate cake. And it was just a slice, for the record. Uh, so, one of the things, we're watching CNN, and we, like, get started. And uh, we get started in watching CNN. And it's really early. This is before any, like, states have been called. And I got to say, here's, you got to drop some analysis of CNN. But, um, I mean, I just think it's, key race alert. With 1% of the vote counted, this is the results. I was like, okay, I don't know if that's really key race alert. <laughs> it's a little early to start dropping key race alerts when none of the election stuff has been, like, no states have been decided. But they were just like, key race alert, key race alert, key ra- Oh, wait. And then uh, the thing that I loved most about watching that broadcast was watching John King get cut off by Wolf Blitzer. Constantly. Listen, uh, and let's kind of role play here. You can be Wolf Blitzer. I'll be John okay. King. Listen, uh, Wolf, I just want to sh- point out this one thing that's happening in this random North Carolina county. That... No, let's go to California and see what's happening in California. Well, I, I, I'll get to that. No, Wolf, no. But... I, it's really important. We have a key news alert from California. Let's go to that. Oh, okay. All right. I mean, can you just imagine what's going on in John King's mind? He's like, I've got this really amazing technology in front of me, and I can zoom in, and I can zoom out, and I can show you all these cool things. And then Wolf was just like, no, not really. And I mean, this must have happened at least 30 times all throughout the night. John King would get so excited about his piece of technology, and then Wolf Blitzer's like, I don't really care, dude, let's move on. 
He had some major knowledge, right? Yeah. King? He had some major knowledge really? about the counties and their demographic makeup and what's happened in past elections. Yeah. I was very impressed. Yeah, and Wolf Blitzer doesn't care. No, he doesn't. No. no. Yeah. Moving on. Okay, so we're sitting there watching the election, and one of the things I decide to do as we're watching the election is pull open the New York Times and watch, like, the probabilities meter going as well as what's going on with the, the election results. So the initial slew of election results come out, and it's like Trump, and then it's like people are like, oh, you know, what's going on in Florida? What's going on in Florida? And a lot of people are like, and because you got to understand, Angevin and I just spent two years uh, living in Florida, and we're like, oh, okay, well, Broward's going to come through as soon as the county like comes through. You know, we just got to wait. We just got to wait. And I remember I tweeted at Linda Sarsour, and I'm like, just wait. Like, Broward is a heavily Democratic area. Just wait. Um, and ultimately what ended up happening was Broward did not do enough <laughs> in terms of voting. And, uh, you know, the Democrats lost that state. And then they lost some more states. And then they kept losing states. And then, you know, we're kind of getting towards, what, 11 p.m. our time or 12 a.m. our time. Or, or I think I remember it was like 10 p.m. And Angelina turns to me and like, I'm getting ready for bed. And by the way, we're on the West Coast. So by this time, it's 1 a.m. on the East Coast. Okay, and then... Some more, like, results are coming out or whatever, and, and then I just realized I'm getting really tired, but I started looking at the probabilities, and I'm like, it seems pretty clear that, that Trump's going to win. So, uh, and then he does, and then Trump wins. Yeah, and I have to wake up the next morning and get a confirmation of that, and proceed to see many of my loved ones on Facebook full-on freaking out, as mm. in, not just, like, you know sad, happy, hysterical, like truly feeling, fearing for their lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the whole feed was like that. Yeah. Literally the whole feed was lit up. The whole of Twitter. I think Twitter, you know, here's the sad thing. I, I was excited to go into Twitter to watch Trump people melt down and the exact opposite of that happened, seeing Clinton people melt down. And I got to say, I was, my expectations were, were ruined. Well, I have to say, though, Trump people were melting down in their own fashion. Were they, though? Yeah. They're being, like, openly racist now, because apparently, you know, it's open season now on people of color. That's that's very true. Yeah. Um, you know, in the days that have followed, we've seen a lot of incidences of hate crimes and people just being told things and things that would make people rather fearful. Yeah. So then the next day, we have to go to work. Womp, womp, because, you know, life goes on. Yeah. So I'm a professor, for those of y'all that don't know. And As am I. Yes. Professor. Okay. So we get to Thursday. We get to Thursday and I'm talking or presenting to Zachary's classes. And this is a conversation about cross-cultural communication. And so as part of this conversation, I decide to share my experience as an American Muslim woman. And I say, you know, it's been difficult. People assume this about me. People assume this about me. And one, and by the way, the demographic makeup of this class was primarily white. Mm -hmm. And the response to this you know, kind of open and honest discussion with them on my end was met with, well, it sounds like you're blaming us. And I was like, what? Like, I've never had to blatantly, I know that exists. I know people say stupid things like that, but I never had to actually face it one-on-one. And then another point, students, white students says, well, I didn't ask to be born this color. We're all the same. And my response to that was, right, we are all the same, 
people were not all treated the same. That is the main point here. So I have to say that, again, filtering, right, like processing. When those things were happening, the activism brown side of me was wanting to yell, okay? But then I'm an educator. I have an authority, a position of authority and power in that classroom. And so I had to really take it down to the teaching level, right? But it was exhausting. And these are the kinds of things that people of color have to do. We have to watch how we talk, the tone that we talk in, how much anger, frustration we show. Otherwise, we'll just be deemed as dangerous. And I had to do a lot of that filtering while in the classroom. And it was just a really frustrating experience. And I think that was the experience that kind of crumbled the wall of like numbness that I had been feeling. And the floodgates just came. Anger, sadness, hurt. And so it was a really challenging experience. Yeah, and for me, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm, <laughs> Angevine is the guest lecturer today, so I'm sitting in the corner just kind of paying attention to things. And I was like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> I'm just I'm like, I'm glad I'm not leading this discu- discussion because, like, damn, you know, like, and I think, I think how I felt in that moment is how a lot of activists feel, is that what do we need to do to make, uh, you know, white people get it. Yeah. And why can people not hear our pain without feeling guilt, Mm -hmm. right? And maybe they don't need to feel a little guilty, right? Mm -hmm. But why can they not hear my pain for what it is Mm -hmm. without equivocating stuff that they've experienced to something I've experienced? That's like me going to a trusted friend, regardless of black, white, whatever, and Mm -hmm. saying, you hurt me. And then them, try, them turning around saying, well, you hurt me too. That's not going to solve anything. Mm-hmm. There's not going to be any healing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that was just a, just a rough week all around. Uh, but, you know, you got to figure out ways to get refuge from these situations, right? And we're going to, a little bit later, we're going to be talking to Rasha Muhammad about self-care and how you deal with uh, this, you know, the stuff that came up this week due to the election. But for... Angelina and I was like, you know, uh, we should escape. We should. A little escapism is not bad, folks. Yeah. And I, I was mean, like, unless, I mean, I'm going to put caveats on that, but I think you know what the caveats are. <laughs> right. So uh, I was like, we need to escape. And, you know, you got to understand we're living in rural Oregon. I was like, it's time to go up to the big city of uh, Beaverton. Beaverton, <laughs> represent. <laughs> it was the home of Nike, for those of y'all keeping score in the Pacific Northwest here. Uh, but it's also home to a lot of brown people right like a lot of indians and pakistanis and so i was like you know what uh Jameen, uh, it's time to get some pakistani food eat our souls a bit that's our with, soul food right be with my yeah. people get some curry and some kebabs <laughs> nail the spot did not disappoint shout out to mumtaz over there it's really good you should go check so, it out so so good and uh no, there's nothing better than like garlic naan I, I mean, there's better, but that's Effects you. on your breath, but <laughs> garlic naan, mmm. And then malai kofta, just... Oh, so good. And then I was like, you know what? No, no, no. We're not done. We're not done, Angevine. We are not done. It's time to get some Indian desserts. Mitai. Mitai. Ladu for my soul. You saw that on Instagram. Yeah. So we're just going to the store. We see brown people over and we're like... Oh, it was popping for Thursday night. Yeah. And there were like brown people everywhere. I saw mm-hmm. some hijabis and I saw some, you know, Indians. Mm-hmm. I saw some Arabs as well. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. It's it probably the most diversity I've seen since I've been here in yeah. Oregon. 
felt good. Felt really good. Yeah. To just, and the greatest thing was, I thought of that whole situation of going up there to Beaverton and being with our people was that no, you, you didn't even know that there was like an election that had happened. Like I didn't actually hear anybody talking about it, and it was just brown people being brown people, mm-hmm. uh, which is just really great. You know, like it's. I, I just think to like India, like yeah, there'll be like something that happens on the street that's really weird, and people will surround it, and then they'll just go about back to their normal ways. Absolutely. Yeah, so that was good for our soul, and that yeah. was that was just one of many things I think we did the whole week to yeah. really take care of ourselves. Yeah, and we'll be going a little into that a little bit deeper later in the show. This week, Anjum is angry about. I think we all know what I'm angry about. I'm angry about the election, and as I was moving through this week, I had a hard time processing those emotions, but I wrote this when all those emotions came flooding up for me, and it was a time when I was really, really angry. So, something that I wrote earlier this week. Today, I am angry. I am mad at folks who voted for Trump. I am mad at whiteness. I am mad for people who voted for Clinton. I'm talking about those folks who thought she was a fantastic candidate, not those who voted for her as a strategic move or even as a response to fear of a Trump presidency. I am talking about the ride-till-you-die Clinton supporters. To the Trump supporters, we see you. We know who you are now. History will, will not reflect well on you. Sure, some of you might have voted in part because of your frustration with the failings of liberals to address your very real concerns. Still, you threw most of us under the bus in doing so. So don't insult me with your let's come together sentiments. Where were those sentiments when your candidate was insulting everyone who isn't white and male? To the ride till you die, Clintoners, I want you to think about your lack of discomfort with a candidate that didn't really connect with working class people, about a candidate that tokenized American Muslims, a candidate that has voted yes to nearly every military intervention, one that would continue drone usage without impunity, killing more innocent people in the process. Why do we not matter to you? You too threw us under the bus. So today I am angry, shaking with anger, in fact, as I write this. Underneath this anger, though, is a deep sense of hurt. Hurt in knowing that we are being othered from both sides. Hurt in knowing that I apparently have to earn and constantly prove my Americanness. Hurt in realizing that the the people I know belong to both of these camps. I am sad today as an American because of both. To those of us under that bus, we need to band together more than ever and turn it over. This is it. Reject the options that have been presented to us and build one that is much better. We can do better. We deserve better. So that was in a moment of extreme anger for me. And by extreme, I mean I was shaking with anger quite literally. It's something that I happens to me. I don't know if it happens to anyone else. And after I wrote this, the tears just came. And so that to me tells me this was a process of release for me and a process of actually self-care. It was really important for me to get those emotions out. And I know that anger is not seen as healthy, but anger if used properly, can be a tool. It's telling us something, right? Anger is usually a cover emotion for other things. And in writing this, it was an act of self-care because if I was still holding that anger in, I would not be in a healthy frame of mind right now. And so that's what our next guest speaker, Rasha Muhammad, is here to talk to us about. 
We are joined today by Rasha Mohammed, who is a licensed professional counselor practicing in Raleigh, North Carolina. Thank you, Rasha, for being here with us today. Thank you, Anjabeen. I am so excited to speak with you this afternoon. Rasha, we're talking about healing post-election today, healing and self-care. And a lot of us have been feeling a lot of things, experiencing a lot of things. So I'm curious, how have you been doing and dealing with everything post-election? Certainly, yes. Um, This week has been extremely difficult emotionally for me. Um, The election happened, obviously, on Tuesday and uh, I woke up Wednesday morning to discover that uh, indeed Donald Trump was elected president of the United States. And um, that was quite a shock. I think most people were shocked. I didn't. I don't think most people believe that he would actually um, win uh, the election, but indeed he did. And so the fallout from that has been, it's been difficult. It's been difficult to accept Uh, It's also been difficult emotionally because, you know, the thought process, my thought process is, okay, well, what's going to happen now? What is, what is the climate going to, this, this new president, what is the climate going to look like uh, with him in power and how are people going to deal with this new shift in the climate? Yeah. Thanks for sharing your experience this past week with us. I'm curious, as a counselor, as people work through moving through all their emotions and their thoughts um, post-election, how do you recommend or some ways that they can take care of themselves? Yeah, I definitely think the self-care piece is huge. And quite honestly, Anjavine, Wednesday, I can totally relate. Wednesday was completely numb for me. I don't know that it really sunk in for me. And so I just kind of went about my day. Uh, as usual, and I was receiving messages from friends and and colleagues and just kind of listening to them, but still just didn't quite, it didn't quite sink in. Um, And so Wednesday, I just kind of gave myself permission to just feel numb for a while um, and not really let it sink all the way in. Thursday was different. Um, Thursday, I I started to feel this immense amount of sadness. I just felt really sad. Um, and I allowed myself to feel sad. I, I didn't cry necessarily, but I just had this very heavy kind of feeling. Um, and so I allowed myself to just, you know, not make a lot of decisions, not really engage with people that I didn't necessarily feel like I I had to. So if I didn't have a meeting or something to go to, I just kind of stayed to myself and was a bit quiet. Um, and um, I spent some time just kind of alone and by myself, not really engaging very much. Friday today, I decided to get up and go to the gym and do something physical to allow myself to kind of you know, get back into a routine and do something to make myself feel better, physically feel better. Um, and so I think that's what I'll continue to do this weekend is just find activities, physical things to do, whether it's go outside and go for a walk, you know, grab a cup of coffee with a friend and sit outside and try and get some sunlight and try and get some um, fresh air and not allow myself to stay indoors too long. Um, And so I think this afternoon, I'll probably go for a walk run. 
Earlier, I heard you say that you were allowing yourself to feel what you feel. You were allowing yourself to do certain things that were good for your self-care. Can you tell me why it's important to allow ourselves to feel what we feel? Mm -hmm. I think it's really important to pay attention to how we feel uh, and not to push it aside, to experience it fully, to be mindful of how we feel. Because oftentimes, if we're not connected to our own feelings, then we react and respond in ways that aren't necessarily congruent with who we are as people. So if I see myself as a kind, loving person, um, but I don't pay attention to when I'm hurt or when I feel disappointed, uh, I can definitely react in a way that's not kind and not, not loving uh, with other people. But if I recognize that, hey, I'm really hurt right now, or something that someone said hurt me, then I can come from a place of empathy, I can kind of retreat and allow myself to to feel hurt and recover from that. And then move forward, um, rather than coming rather than reacting, right, practicing the, the idea of responding to someone rather than reacting to them. And there is a huge difference between the two. Great, thank you. How important would you say that knowing ourselves and reflecting as we process difficult things, how important would you say that is? Yeah, absolutely. Having a good sense of self and knowing what works for you and what doesn't work for you uh, is really important in terms of dealing with something, you know, a difficult situation. It's very important to be able to know, right, what works for you. And sometimes that's what those, those difficult situations do is they teach us oh, this doesn't work for me. This isn't making me feel any better. Maybe, you know, someone is dealing with a situation and they decide to have one too many drinks or they decide to, you know, retreat and not interact with other people. And then they discover later, like, oh, that didn't really make me feel any better. Maybe I should try something different. Great. Thank you, Rasha. We've been speaking with Rasha Muhammad, who is a licensed professional counselor in Raleigh, North Carolina. You can find Rasha and her daily musings on Instagram at Rasha Carbona. We'll have those details up on the show page. Thanks again, Rasha. Thank you so much. We just heard from Rasha Muhammad, who's a counselor, and so she really has a lot of insight into how to process emotions and feelings. And so we really want to leave you with some concrete, actionable steps that you can take to help you manage and process whatever it is that you're feeling, okay? Number one, I would say that whatever you're feeling is what you're feeling, okay? And we all don't compare what you're feeling and how you're processing to other people. We each have our own process. Number two, I need you to step away from the news. If we, if you go through and read the comments on some of these posts and these articles, you are going to lose your faith in humanity. So I need you to step away, even if it's for just an hour, a couple hours. I would recommend for a whole day. That's what I did. Abstain from the news. The third thing I would ask for you to do is to connect with others, okay? This means call people, text people, meet with them in person, video chat them, connect with people who you know are your tribe, who are feeling the same way as you are, because that will help you have someone to vent to that you know is a safe space. 
Next thing I want you to do is to express your emotions. Now, this can be with the person you've connected with, or it could be something else. Maybe you like writing like I do, so write it out. If you want to scream, just go into a room and scream it out. Um, it could be going for a run and pounding it out. Whatever it is, I want you to express your emotions in a way that's healthy and makes sense for you. Number five, I want you to get outside, okay? Being outdoors really grounds us. It helps us to look at the bigger picture and see that we are part of a bigger plan. And being out there in the fresh air and hopefully sunshine wherever you are um, helps us to just relax a little bit more. And the last thing I want you to really focus on is some sort of reflection. For you, this could be prayer. This could be dua. This could be recitation of the Quran. It could be supplication. It could be meditation. You know, it could just be sitting in a quiet space and journaling your thoughts and your feelings. Whatever it is, I want you to reflect. Reflect on what's working, what's not, how you feel. Get it out of yourself and put it down somewhere on paper or say it. And those are just some of my tips for how you can help manage this process and manage your emotions. A good buddy of mine, Hamad, called me up earlier this week and he said, hey man, I need some hope. (laughs) So uh, here's my Alhamdulillah moment of the week for everyone. If you see the America that I see, you're not too worried about the election results. I live in Albany, Oregon, considered to be a part of rural Oregon. By many accounts, it's a place where students coming from Republican districts have the world assuming that they're all a certain way, that they're likely a part of the problem. But my slice of America has so much more character than that. Today was the day following the election and students were giving informative speeches. One student who was a former vet who was hurt badly by an explosion due to the war was giving her speech and she was struggling. She told me earlier in the quarter that she will lose her eyesight in several years because of that very explosion. As she spoke, she kept struggling, starting and stopping many times over. Each time I was impressed by the character of my class. They nodded and smiled consistently supporting her. She made it through the speech because she never gave up, and also because I don't think the class was going to let her give up. That's the kind of America we can be. Despite the political divide, we can be the type of people that support one another, even when we come from different worlds. We can love each other. We can help make our community successful as a whole, rather than us just making it on our own. These students are the future of this country, and I can't wait to see all the beauty they're going to create for us to enjoy moving forward. And that is our podcast episode for today. Thanks for hanging in there with us. And we hope that you found some sort of solidarity in our words, um, some sort of catharsis. And we hope that you go out there and you find a way to make sense of this in a way that works for you. And coming up on our next episode of the Just Muslim Podcast, we'll be talking about advocacy and know your rights. Knowing your rights as you head into this unfortunate Trump presidency. Hope to hear from y'all soon. Feel free to leave us comments, rate our podcast on iTunes. Really looking forward to getting in touch with the community of listeners that we're developing here. And thank you so much for joining us. Salam. Assalamu alaikum. <laughs>